And this is where Dr. Mark Eckel and Harold H.B. <laughs> Bell meet every Wednesday morning today yes, at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome in. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site at the RadioNext.tv studio. Dr. Mark, how are you, my friend? Doing really good. Lots of work this week, doing all kinds of things. We are going to be hearing from two special people today. We are going to be hearing from Adrian Mickens, who is going to be talking about his communication platform here in Indianapolis and the wonderful work that he's doing connecting folks just like we are, only in different fashion, different way, different uh, different venues. But first, in our first hour, we're going to do some uh, little bit of recorded uh, interaction with Hersan Cardona down in Houston, Texas. He's going to tell us a firsthand accounts of what's been going on down there and the kinds of work that folks are doing uh, to make sure that uh, the cleanup after Harvey gets done. Uh, Hersan is one of those people that uh, I've known for a, a number of years, worked with for a number of years. He is a special, special person along with his lovely wife, Elsa. We're grateful to have them on the program this morning. Looking forward to that dialogue. Well, that's awesome, man. and we know that was a horrific uh, storm that the people in Houston and Louisiana had to go through. And, um, you know, you can watch all the news you want, but until you actually are dealing with it firsthand yeah. um, and, and can hear some of the real accounts from the people who had to deal with it, um, you know, that's what we're talking about. Information exactly. is what's important today. Um, talk about what's happening with Comenius. Yeah, so Comenius Institute, uh, the bridge between high school and college for Christian young people going to a public university setting. And we do all different kinds of things. We meet with uh, students as well as faculty, having discussions about the kinds of things that are being taught and uh, are being learned. Uh, we're also doing all kinds of writing constantly. And you'll hear me on a regular basis doing radio interviews on places like Moody Radio. I just did one this morning about how in the world do we dialogue even though we may disagree. We actually bring some of those kinds of issues up into this particular platform, but certainly that's something that I'm doing on a regular basis. Not to mention the fact that we have a website, ComeniusInstitute.com. You can go there, find all kinds of connections to the kinds of radio and video that we're doing, all the writing that I'm doing, or to my personal website, WarpAndWoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And you can find over 600 essays, book reviews, movie reviews, uh, articles that I've written, videos, podcasts, sermons, all kinds of things there that are available to anybody uh, for free use. And we're glad to be able to help in this way. I think it's a very valuable benefit to the community of Indianapolis, HB. You're a busy man there, Dr. Eckler. Well, you know what we do each and every week. We give you a little musical interludes in between the conversation that we're going to have today. And uh, communication is so important, and we talk about this all the time. And uh, with this new medium, uh, that's available. Yes. Um, there are so many different ways and so many different fractions of communication being sent out here in different veins and uh, need to talk about all that. And that's going to be exactly. a very interesting topic when Adrian gets in here. So we're going to get into a little music. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to find out what's happening down with some of the people in Houston. And then we're going to talk about communication today on Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. RadioNext.tv, Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. Dr. Mark Eckel, Harold H.B. Bell. And welcome in every Wednesday, man. I, you know, this is a good part of my week, man. You know, my brother's in the studio yeah. with me. Kind of any pressures and any drama you might have experienced, kind of just, you know, <laughs> 
goes into the basement at least for these there next you go. two hours, man. There so how go. you been, brother? Oh, doing really good. It's always good to be with you, too. And uh, let's uh, give a lo- little bit of a backward look on Saturday. Uh, that was a fantastic Art in the Park health, mental health awareness uh, situation. Uh, d- you know, desire to accomplish the sweet to the soul. And after, you know, looking back on it, uh, when you, you could count your, your blessings so many ways <laughs> because uh, resources were limited um, in this quest. Uh, you know, the, the seed that was planted, I'd never done anything like this before trying to concentrate on on an area that i just have been compelled and been driven now to let's make some awareness happen because yeah basically what happens is i get to sit in this studio six days a week and Mm -hmm. hear so many different subject matters and all of them lead to some type of mental health um awareness issue that people need to know about and hear about in their situation because uh it when you're talking about community all community all the time yeah there are so many things that are ailing our community that um if we don't um, give information on how to be aware at least yeah, exactly. Uh, what's what's in your backyard, so to speak? You know that smell and you know, heard, <laughs> no, that's that, right. that stench. Right. You know, really, man. That's you right. know that. It, so we have to get rid of it. But thank you so much for your support, and thanks for all the people who are out there listening who uh, contributed. And uh, as I mentioned, this is going to be a movement. Um, this is in a one-time event. So now we're planning on how we're going to bring on a weekly basis some awareness to um, all those areas of mental health that we were addressing on Saturday. That's great, so, man. It was yes, great. Uh, Robin and I had a great time down there. Absolutely. Nice little jazz out there, too. Oh, my <laughs> word. George Middleton. George Middleton, uh, we're going to bring him in studio here one of these days, too. It was great to hear from him and his book on racism. I can't wait to have a ch- conversation with him about that. Oh, he's like a young Malcolm X. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's my guy. But, uh, but, but you know, the beautiful thing about this and what we're talking about today uh, lies right in hand with uh, the, the the subject matter later on today as far as communication and even right. the communication efforts that um, I witnessed watching Hurricane Harvey, mm-hmm. um, people being able to immediately uh, get, you know, help because right. of the tools of today, you know, the social media tools and the Internet radios and all those things of today. It was, yeah, exactly. uh, man, it saved a lot of people's lives. It so did. it's interesting just watching as we move forward. So, yeah, yes, sir. Well, we are uh, here in studio with uh, a recording from Herson Cardona, who's down in Houston uh, himself and in he himself and his wife and his church. And uh, you'll be hearing some of what he has to say about uh, Harvey and the cleanup now after the devastation in Houston and other places like Louisiana. But Harrison and his wife and his family are down in Houston, and we're going to give uh, we're going to do a couple of minutes slots here uh, to hear what Harrison has to say about the general situation. And then uh, HB and I will be back on uh, after uh, each couple of minutes to talk about the specifics of what we just heard. Good morning, Dr. Echo. This is uh, Harrison Cardona, uh, Chaplain Cardona from uh, Houston, Texas. Um, I am uh, recording uh, this video, and I want to say hi to everyone there in Indianapolis. Uh, thank you uh, for giving us this time and this opportunity to share what's happening here in the, uh, the area of Houston. Uh, Harvey hit hard. Uh, it was um, it was a long days. Uh, of uh, waiting, uh, rain up, uh, day and night, and uh, uh, there were moments that we we thought we we would have to evacuate also, but uh, just by the grace of God, uh, He had mercy and He He allowed us to stay dry. 
so we're blessed uh, to to have been able to stay dry so we can help other people I've been able to see how um, officials and um, first responders are are uh, helping and working and, and and doing their job and let me tell you I, I'm, I'm so blessed to have that first responders um, uh, one of them uh, uh, lost his life uh, and several of them I, I believe and and it's just been um, amazing because that's what we do um, we go into the fire when there when there is a, a, a need so uh, it's it, uh, uh, the city it's it's working um, uh, together to um, to try to uh, do the best they can to lead the city uh, and really don't know uh, how um, you know uh, the decision making gets done there but um, I'm pretty sure they they try their best to to uh, to do what they can to 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 make the best decisions. I want to just mention here after listening to a couple of minutes from uh, Hersan that uh, what really fascinates me about his first comments uh, right out of the box uh, have to do with uh, not just the first responders uh, but also the city government and I think that's really powerful when uh, we give uh, credit and appreciation to politicians and institutions sometimes we get all upset about them uh, but we need to give them some love when that uh, when that comes up you know it's, it's interesting when I listen you know in the in the, in the acts of uh, when, when we're in harm's way and when peril is on the on the step you know we want our government exactly uh, <laughs> but then get out of my way just in the everyday yeah. uh, things that you think we can figure out and that's a, that's a dynamic I think that as a people and as a country, we need to figure out you can't have everything when you want it and you can't discount everything when you don't. That's right. Um, and, and, and these are lessons that I think we need to learn from times like this. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I think there's a, there's an important idea here about institutions. I've written a, an essay on my website, warpandwoof.org. You can go there, type in the search line the word institutions and see what I have to say about that. I think they're really powerful and important. And as I suggested, uh, sometimes we give them uh, a real hard time, of course, until we need them. So uh, listen to Hersan again now as he uh, begins to talk about the issue of community specifically. So that that's good right there. We, we, we're blessed. Uh, but let me tell you something. The community was the, 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 the most uh, impactful one for me when they call out for people to come in uh, they bring their boats and then their trucks and and uh, anything they had to save people everyone responded everyone um, came and uh, took their boats out no matter how nice how big how fancy the boat would be they came and they they uh, used it they they saved people they rescued people so the community the people the neighbors they came together and they responded uh, churches churches are are, are uh, amazing uh, I have not seen how churches are together here I was thinking it's a big church it's a big city um, I don't know if churches are really working in, in, in one mind in one accord but uh, this is an important idea as well, you know, as Hersan is explaining to us what's going on down there uh, with individuals. First, he talks about the community, and it, so he talks about 
how everybody just kind of gets together and pushes. In fact, Adrian Mickens is going to be here later on. He has a network called Harambe, which is an African term which means let's all get together and push. Don't you think that's an important idea? You know, it's just so funny when I'm listening to, uh, I mean, not funny, because I mean, enlightening. It's, it's refreshing because... Everything that we talk about, you know, number one, you know, the tagline, all community, all the time, uh, will overcome anything. And everything that you're talking about, do good, do good, do good. Everything that we talk about um, and hopefully talk about on this network is representative of what he is going through in, in, I guess, one of the most difficult times. And to calmly be able to to bring the cream to the top. There you go. Uh, so to speak, of what we really are as a people if we get rid of it. Like I say, get out of our way from all these. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the stuff that oh, divides us I all the time. I've got other terminology that I told you. I'm watching my tongue. Yeah. But, no, seriously, man. I mean, yeah. and, and this is the spirit of humanity, and this is what I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah. So let's listen to, to uh, one more uh, two-minute segment here from Harrison, and then we'll take a musical break, maybe have a little chat about what he has to say. But uh, a few more words here on the local churches them because I wanted to make sure that when an event like this happened I had friends around me and we can communicate we can contact one another so I think that's the blessing of being united and and, and being in relationship no matter what what denomination you are so uh, I have been able to see the unity here on that matter um, has it been organized? Uh, uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe uh, it's been a, a, a organized chaos, like my my pastor says, Pastor Steve um, Steve Regal uh, from Grace uh, the Woodlands. But uh, it has been a blessing um, to be able to see how we've been able to get together. I'm gonna talk a little bit about my church, uh, uh, Grace the Woodlands. Uh, we were planning an event uh, on um, September the 30th. We were going to do the big gift. Um, and, and Pastor Josh, uh, who is the administrative pastor, his wife, uh, they wanted to do this event, uh, Brooke uh, Pierce. And uh, they've been planning this event for four or five months, maybe, uh, maybe more than that. Uh, and we've been collecting clothes and, and all kinds of stuff. And we had a storage uh, full of stuff, and and we were, you know, we were just building that and filling that. Um, I don't know, almost 200 boxes. I don't know how many boxes we had, but we had a lot of stuff. So when Herbie came, we, in a sense, were ready with 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 clothes and and, and several other items, and. Uh, God knew what what was coming, and He was preparing us. Uh, many churches around here got flooded, and even our our South Campus, uh, South Houston, they got flooded. So they were not able to be a relief center. And uh, the the water at our, at our church, if you look at on, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, Hersan is uh, talking here about his local church specifically and the kinds of events that they were able to pull together, but only because they were prepared. Uh, reminds me of our friend Neil Cox, for instance, who does a great work here in Indianapolis uh, getting folks ready for uh, kinds of disasters that we might face in the future, making sure that all the churches work together. And don't forget what Hersan is talking about here. That in Early on in his comments, 
in the first couple of minute, uh, couple of seconds here of the second segment, uh, he was talking about it. Hey, it doesn't matter where you come from, what your denomination is. What really matters, HB, is we all get together and push. And uh, hurricanes do not discriminate. Isn't that I the mean, truth? tragedies do not discriminate. And I mean, I think that's the true blessing. Sometimes I think God brings this element in. in and trust me, I'm not saying, you know, we take light of those who have to perish in those in those storms. But yes. when it brings to surface some of the things that we need to really go back to and understand about being right. humane to one another, loving one another, stripping ourselves, as I always say, of ourselves right. uh, for the betterment of the whole. Um, this is what happens. And yeah. it, but but how do we maintain that spirit mm -hmm. of love and brotherhood without it being a tragedy or without it being yeah. uh, something that's, you know, somebody in peril? So It sounds like every week maybe, HB, we should have a radio show that kind of talks about this. What do you think about that? Uh, I think we should. <laughs> we'll come back and tell them all about that when we come back. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove side of Radio Day. I had to go a little social conscious on the music choices there because God is love. And, you know, what a difference you can make in this world. Warping Wolf yes, right on the Cool Groove site, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, Cominius Institute. He was talking about that before we went on break. Come on, let's mm -hmm. plug it up one more time. Yeah, Mark. one more time. Cominius. John Amos Cominius, the famous Moravian pastor from the turn of the 17th century who actually gave us the encyclopedia, something called Pan-Sophie. A wonderful man uh, whose educational background and expertise certainly helped launch uh, the what we now know as the modern educational movement. In fact, if you're in the public school system, you today still consider John Amos Cominius as the father of modern education. And we are here as an educational organization, the Cominius Institute, helping young people make the bridge between high school and college, uh, going into a public university setting, sometimes for the very first time, and helping them know how to navigate those waters, what kind of questions to ask, and then, of course, how to speak up and sometimes not speak up uh, in situations and settings that they need to know about. So that's what we do every week, and uh, we're doing uh, this particular week a real connection now to our brothers and sisters down in Houston, Texas, and we want to make sure that, that we continue that conversation with Hassan. Uh In this next segment, Hassan's going to talk about uh, the interconnectivity in the church specifically, his local church and the kinds of work that they could do, uh, but then listen closely as he begins to segue into his own personal life and what this means for him. You'll be able to see how the water, it was almost getting in. It was knocking on the doors to get in. But the Lord, the Lord preserved the church for a reason. And uh, we've been able to serve many families every day. Thousands of, uh, at least uh, 1,500 people come every day. Every day come to the church to get food, to get clothes. And uh, people are coming from everywhere to our church uh, with semis uh, uh, full of uh, clothes, food, uh, diapers, um, uh, toiletries, you, you name it. Uh, they've been sending everything here. Um, and we've been able to send out to the community at least 70 trucks full loaded with water, with, with all kinds of things that they need. So that has been a blessing for us to be able to see that and be part of that, be part of a ministry, be part of a, of a church that God spared for a reason, for such a time like this. Uh, my wife and I, we were hesitating and we were debating this all year. We, we just moved to Houston um, last summer, June the 8th. And uh, 
we, we were asking ourselves many times because um, one of the biggest struggles that we had here was finances. We, uh, we couldn't uh, build our business. I have a painting and remodeling business and, and it, it was tough for me to, to build it without relationships. And um, uh, we almost went back several times praying and asking God, why, why, why do you have us here? Um, I was a police officer in Indianapolis. I was a chaplain in Indianapolis. I was a, a professor at, at, at Crossroads Bible College. Um, I, I was a, a, a associate pastor and youth pastor. And I'm like, Lord, I've done all this and I can't find a job here in Houston. What's, what's going on? And... Um, uh, even like that, but the Lord has been providing for us uh, for for all of our needs, and uh, many times we almost packed and go back. But uh, times like this, like Harvey, like a place with, uh, we were talking with my wife the other day, and and she says this is why we were supposed to be here. That is a powerful testimony from Hersan and from Elsa uh, down in Houston, Texas. Uh, they're really doing the work uh, of helping the devastation down there. Uh, just a couple of comments. Uh, Seventy truckloads. This was... Uh, these, at least the estimates, the numbers coming in from yesterday, 70 truckloads out to different uh, locations and places uh, where people need the basic necessities of life, including bottled water. Uh, then hear what he had to say concerning uh, that famous line out of the book of Esther, uh, perhaps we are here for this very time, for such a time as this, the very famous line out of the book of Esther in scripture. And Hassan is talking about something very personal here, uh, something that's very difficult. When you're in a setting and in a situation where you really don't know why you're doing what you're doing, um, HB just acquainted me with a word that I think I'm going to create an essay out of, and that's the word curator. And he said, you know, sometimes we may not see the results of the things that we do, but HB, you certainly uh, uh, have set up not just this radio show and the community connections that you have, but you can identify with where Harrison's coming from. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because sometimes you think your work is going in vain and, and you need affirmation and, uh, most times. To, that's the fuel to keep you moving towards that's right. uh, the unseen. And, you know, we... We, we play around and talk about faith, and we always want to, you know, talk God. And, and I just I just watch and listen to people when they always talk about God's doing something, and it's the only time that they talk about God is doing something when it is a favorable, uh, isn't that the truth? There it type is. Of event, and yep. I'm thinking to myself, okay, sometimes <laughs> when you're getting sharpened to mm -hmm. know that you're getting ready to be this instrument to be at another level yeah. um, and you're going through some strife and going through a little pain and you still wake up every day and then you can look back and say you know this stretch I've been going through this hell I think I'm going through has been too long for the normal yeah. <laughs> person you know to, to you know still thrive and flourish and have right. momentum and movement uh, be thankful for that for that that ache and that pain and that stress that might seem to be unbearable because it's just making you tougher for the work. So right. we can't always just get caught up on the pleasures mm. to act like that's when God is doing his thing. It's not like the I truth. Just mentioned, God did his, God's doing his thing with this new hurricane coming. Yeah. I don't know what the results are, but he's doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, he did his thing in Houston because people now are rebounding and coming back from what seemed like just, flat out hell mm. uh, for four or five days. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, people came together. People started seeing the spirit of humanity. People, like we, we mentioned, uh, right. church walls came down. That's right. And so, you know, we, I just think we had to be just thanking God every day for every breath, for everything there, that we have to deal with and still get another chance to breathe this thing tomorrow. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Those are great words, H.P. One of the things that uh, aggravates me <clears throat> no end is when I hear people uh, use the phrase that God is good, and they only use the phrase God is good, as H.B. Wells says, when favorable things are happening to them. Here we have the devastation in Houston. We're going to continue now with Hersan's comments about uh, the Houston uh, devastation and some more personal connections uh, for churches and for communities and the things that are happening on the ground in Houston, Texas. Um, and we've been able to send out to the community at least 70 trucks full loaded with water, with, with all kinds of things that they need. So that has been a blessing for us to be able to see that and be part of that, be part of a ministry, be part of a, of a church that God spared for a reason, for such a time like this. Uh, my wife and I, we were hesitating and we were debating this whole year. We, we just moved to Houston. Um, I need to uh, fast forward here to the next segment and uh, hear again what uh, what Harrison's talking about. Because uh, the water didn't let us out for several days, so since last Wednesday the church opened, we were we've been there since seven in the morning until nine, uh, eight o'clock, nine o'clock every day, long hours. Uh, working uh, alongside our pastors, uh, Pastor Steve Riggle and Josh Pierce, Pastor Josh Pierce, uh, Pastor John, Pastor Juan Carlos, Pastor Isaac, a lot of leaders in, in, in our church. And, 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 and the blessing is that they just, they empower us to go do the work. And uh, um, I've been leading the outside crews with another brother, a uh, brother Fidel, uh, Gonzalez, we, we've, been, we've been leading uh, the crews outside, uh, demolishing houses, uh, tearing out all the drywall that is wet and all the carpet and all the furniture. And we have all the teenagers, uh, youth volunteering here and there, right and left. And my wife is leading the inside uh, distribution center. And, and as, as people come in and, and give them, she's lining all that up. And, and we're just so blessed to, to be able to serve, even though it's tiring. Let me tell you, it's tiring uh, being on your feet for, for, for those long hours. And not just uh, standing, but walking, running, loading and unloading waters and, and moving stuff. Uh, it, it's been tiring, but it's been rewarding. It's been a blessing seeing people crying with with testimonies and saying telling you thank you and telling you that you came to the right time uh, uh, to their place it's been amazing this is a, a great testimony I think of uh, somebody who uh, is not afraid of work obviously uh, when her son lived here I remember our earliest times together back in 09 and 10 when we first met uh, he was a, a guy who had uh, owned a quarter million dollar business uh, he's certainly the guy, the go-to guy, when you want to make sure that anything gets done in your organization. Elsa, his wife, is a tremendous administrator. Uh, so both of them doing this together is is really powerful to hear. Let's listen to one more one-minute segment here from what they have to say. So we are blessed. That, uh, unfortunately, uh, 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 this week, uh, many of us go back to work because we have to feed our families. So the next step in our church is... Um, 
we're evaluating what are the needs and how how can we serve but the biggest thing is we're going to have to pay um and some people and, and so they can oversee stuff so they can uh, continue doing this and uh my family and I, uh, we're committed to to uh, after work and weekends to continue serving, and we're going to do that. And this is not just days. This is weeks, months, perhaps a year or so. So we're excited. A lot of things are happening. Um, God is good, and uh, we're, we're alive. We have, we have uh, uh, the air that we breathe, and uh, we, we're able to serve others. Uh, when we get to heaven, we'll rest. But uh, one more little study, a, a, a testimony, um, my children. Uh, this this comment that Harrison makes about we get to rest when we go to heaven, yeah. I, I I have to chuckle about that. Knowing him like I do, man, he's he's just so pure in his uh, his approach to these things. I'm so grateful for this. But notice HB what he said about church leaders and how they're stepping up down there. I mean, isn't this what this should be all about? Church leaders uh, leading the way. And we talk about this all the time, and you know and. I just had a, a very, very interesting chat. Uh, you met Dr. Uh, Pastor Joy Thornton yeah. last week at Greater St. Mark Church, and we were talking about that same thing. And um, the misnomer sometimes is that all these preachers and churches are just out here, you know, being trifling and doing nothing when, in, you know, exact opposite. Most of these churches right. and preachers are doing some great things. And unfortunately, um, just much like we see on the news, and I tell you this all the time, the perception of young African-American men. Yes. If you watch the news versus some of these young people that you've met mm -hmm. <laughs> around me and through some of these other organizations and just watch these great gifts um, that, that are, are spawning, uh, we, we have to be careful sometimes. That's right. Of categorizing a, a, a whole group as, as being Jack up because mm. most of these churches and these preachers have uh, great intentions and are doing great works in their community so I think what we need to do is create a force where much like what we're doing right now we bring people of this community together to, to be able to outweigh the negative that's, that's right out to the public and then the opinion will be okay let me join this movement of doing good because you really don't have to do a bunch yeah that's right <laughs> the cog is moving yeah if you're going to throw shade then then you're not helping anybody yeah. but if you're going to actually light something up and set it on fire and make sure that uh, folks get warm and fed and doing good in the community that's where it's at and 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 back to that word curator everybody yeah. doesn't have to be a curator some can be a decorator Oh, some can be a facilitator. Oh, you know, it's a, I mean, really, man. I mean, we, you know, some can be the educator. Everybody doesn't have to come up with the idea mm -hmm. uh, and, and be a visionary. I mean, just what can you do with your gift to come along and say, I can add to this with this thing that I do. Mm. And and if we get there, man, heaven yep. on earth, we got we about there. We it, halfway there. So. Isn't that the truth, man? We're, this is a great uh, conversation. We're going to hear one more segment from Harrison after we take a musical break. Uh, you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. In the next hour, we're going to be hearing from Adrian Mickens about communication. Can't wait you know, for I that. I have to get deep with my musical preference, man, and check this song out. All just right. People, just listen to what I'm talking about. Oh, man, I don't know if I can uh, even come in. <laughs> Properly after that song, what would you do? I Don Cornelius to come in on that one. This is so good, you know. Wait, this is exactly uh, what Harrison's talking about. What would you do? And he's actually doing it. He's on the ground doing it, 
and this is uh, why we brought this forward. Uh, we thought this was going to be a good first segment here, HB. Absolutely, man, and it's absolutely wonderful. And, and you know, just the development of, you know, Comenius Institute, man, watching how the show, mm -hmm. you know, uh, some of the things that we've talked about have come off stride of what um, we had set out to do, the foundation right. of the show, which was, you know, very measured. And, uh, yeah. Uh, this gives us a chance to go into different little, you know, channels and <laughs> pathways and thought. You That's know, right. It's a beautiful thing, you know. But, uh, no, what, he, what he's talking about is real. And, and when you put your – and I think when you do your passion, though, you're really not working. Mm. You know, so 16-hour mm. days, he's up mm -hmm. on his feet and he's doing – but, man, he is doing exactly what God called him to do. What he's to supposed do. to do. So he's not really um, – quote unquote working per se as normal people get up and go to their job. He's not doing a job. Yeah. Right. Let's put it like that. He's working. Yeah. He's not doing a job and when you don't do a job there's something mentally refreshing about you. Oh, know, isn't that uh, the truth? Stamina. Yeah. Vocation. <laughs> Vocation is ministry, so whatever it is that you've been given a passion to do, uh, follow that song by Will Downing. What would you do? What are you going to do with what you've got? I think that's really crucial and huge. Let's listen to one more segment here from Harrison uh, as he finishes up telling us about what's going on down in Houston. We, we're able to serve others. Um, when we get to heaven, we'll rest. But uh, one more little study, a, a, a testimony. Um, my children, uh, Neftali and Merari, have been a blessing. Um, they've been there every day, uh, long hours. Uh, and uh, even Neftali and, and, um, and Merari, they want to play sports. But uh, the coach told Nefi, uh, if you play, you got to be here in practice. If not, you can't play. You got to get out of the team. So he chose to come to the church every day after school rather than playing the sport that he loves and that for me it's a testimony it's a, i'm blessed i'm thankful because he says that i don't want to be practicing i want to be serving the people i want to be serving i want to be doing i want to be there with the people i won't be I, I can't practice right now i can't focus i gotta help people let's just pause pause there hb i mean I'm going, this little boy yeah. who is a soccer player is giving that up to go help people, HB. Well, I, I think, though, Mark, you know, Scripture, I always go back to that big book mm -hmm. we read or should be reading, yeah. and, it you know, teach them as a child, and that's yeah. the direction that they go. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, no pressure, but, you know, this is what he's watching. Yeah, that's and this right. this is what he's become. He's I mean, seeing his dad do it. his dad doing yeah. it. So it's a natural transition for, uh, and I think, like I say, we want our children to do right, and then do right. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Do right, and your there children will watch you, and then now yep. you got somebody doing right. Exactly. I, this is powerful stuff. Let's listen to another segment from her song. And I am just so proud and so blessed to to see that and to hear that, uh, Doctor Echo. I know. I know it's a, it's a, a, almost a, it's, it's been a, a long time since I see you, but. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share this. Hey, um, and, you know, if, if people ask, how can we give, how can we donate? Um, Grace the Woodlands uh, Relief Center, we are a relief center. We just opened up two or three more relief center uh, here in Houston, right in the city of the heart, where the uh, more water and more people uh, got flooded. We And all we do is we receive it here and we send it to their places. And then they send it to their people. And, and those are open to all the communities. Um, 
financially you can give online financially perhaps we can staff a person that he can oversee and, and redoing and putting these houses together uh, there are many people many people that uh, they have they live in houses that never flooded before never flooded before so they did not need flood insurance and they're not covered so they have to uh, fix their homes uh, with any money, uh, whatever it comes, and they have to do it themselves. We've been helping elderly people, elderly couples, um, uh, widows. Uh, we've been helping uh, single moms. Um, uh, you name it. Uh, every, everyone that that, that has sent uh, requests for them to help, we 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 are blessed to do that. But uh, w uh, we need finances. We need uh, supplies. We need uh, tools. So. Thank you very much. Uh, God bless you guys. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, we got pictures. We got videos. Uh, we got stories. We got testimonies there of what's happening here in Houston. Uh, love my uh, indie family. Uh, take care. God bless you guys. Uh, thank you, Dr. Echo, and thank you, uh, everyone from the radio station, for this opportunity. Bye. What a great word we heard from uh, her son this morning, and uh, he mentioned that you can certainly follow them on Facebook. Uh, that, that would be a great way to go about uh, hearing some more of the daily struggles that they have. But honestly, what we're hearing here from Harrison uh, and from Elsa and those who are uh, engaged in the community down there is that uh, they always, like every time when these kinds of situations come up, these disasters and devastations, they need help from the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. And HB, what I want, what I am just amazed at is uh, we have our differences in this nation. We're divided about so many different issues. But I'll tell you what, HB, when folks are in trouble, other folks line up. And it's an amazing country to live in. Uh, he saved a wretch like me. There it is. I mean, basically, you know, man, I mean, the, the, the human spirit and the good of people um, seems to always surface. And sadly, and I keep saying sadly, we wait until it's catastrophic or uh, somebody's in harm's way before we can raise that spirit up instead of when you're driving down the street and seeing some little lady needing help because her stuff fell off her cart. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. and you're too busy to do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, we, we find ways to, to, to raise the hu human element. I just think that we need to concentrate on situations like this a little more um, when they're not. When this beautiful fall type day that we have out here right now mm -hmm. today and it seems like no stress and no strain, what can you go do for somebody? Isn't like, that the truth? And, you, I, know. you know, we're just so uh, pleased, Harrison uh, and Elsa, I know that you and others uh, down in Houston are, have been listening during this hour. We want to thank you so much for, once again, uh, demonstrating what it looks like uh, to be a Christian, to help others. Uh, we're grateful for that. Uh, we're praying for you and uh, helping you as best we can. And in this medium, uh, what we do best is communicate. And so we're constantly telling people about what's news, what's happening, and what needs to be done. HB, uh, I'm so glad to be on this platform and, with you. And thank you for bringing that human element to uh, what we can do. Uh, like I say, through your storm, you are, I mean, and here's what's amazing, through through their peril. Yep. They're helping folks. That's and, right. And that's amazing. So uh, 
going to take a break. Adrian will be in, and uh, when we come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about this communication thing because you just heard from Houston the real deal of what's going on down there. And we are back, Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. We've been doing this for two years now, and we're having a great time introducing to folks around to Indianapolis all different kinds of uh, individuals and groups and facilities and practices and venues that are doing good in the Indianapolis community. Our tagline is based on Titus chapter 3, do good, do good, do good, and we're always looking for Christians in the Indianapolis community who are doing just that, and today we are honored to have in our presence in studio today, Adrian Mickens. Uh, Adrian, thank you so much for spending some time to be with us here today. No problem at all. No problem at all. Uh, we're, we're grateful. Uh, knowing, of course, that you you all just got married here just recently. You know, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Yep, August 26th. Oh, uh, congratulations again. This is marvelous stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a little <laughs> get, a, get a little applause going on over there. That was good. Yeah, so we're really grateful that you're here today. We wanted to talk about communication. We spent our first hour actually having an interview uh, with some folks down in Houston who are addressing the devastation of Harvey and some great Christian folks down there doing good in Houston. But right now, we want to talk with you about the communication issues here in Indianapolis, the kinds of work that you're doing. So let's kind of set it up. Give us some background to yourself, uh, your family, uh, and specifically maybe what your work is all about. All right. Well, again, my name is Adrian Mickens. Um, My company, when I very first started, was called Soul Hits Entertainment. Uh, back in 2007, um, as years progressed um, and we evolved within the technology area, um, we have since changed the name to Soul Hits Communications. Over the about past five to seven years, uh, we've been working with a lot of um, charter schools here within the city, uh, providing them with um, what we call the new revolutionaries of social media marketing, um, in various ranges of app, mobile applications, websites, different things like that of that such. Mm. So you're an independent contractor then? Absolutely, yes. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about this work that you're doing in charter schools. What is it that uh, about this uh, educational venue? Why, why are folks so needful of what you have to give them? Well, I think it's coming to a point where we're having a, um, a bridging gap of generation and technology. Yes. And what I mean by generation and technology, I mean the access and resources and knowledge mm. of how to use technology. In order for somebody to learn it, somebody has to already know. So if we mm. have a generation who refuses to learn it or is scared to learn it, you can't teach it to the next generation, which makes them obsolete and you know, makes them uninformed about information about technology, too, as well. Mm. So, it, you know, f- quite frankly, and I, I just got to give you a plug here for this, uh, I've got my own tech guy that helps us, you know, at Comenius mm-hmm. Institute, and he mm-hmm. takes care of all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I get an email about something's not working from Just Host or whoever, you know, I just forward it on to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful for guys like you who actually know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about your knowledge base that's so different from, let's say uh, folks who have uh, you know folks my age I'm 60 you know maybe folks in their 40s and 50s what is it that you bring to the table that the rest of us just can't get a hold of well you know I I actually just turned 30 this month well August um, you know and between that 10 20 year gap the only thing I would say is just the basis of just taking the time just to learn it you Mm -hmm. know Um, 
it's not anything difficult, but it's vi- it can be very tedious. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people's patience level isn't uh-huh. as long to retain or learn information like that mm-hmm. because if it doesn't work and you don't see it work, like if a computer shuts you out, it'll shut you out in a million different ways. This is just in a broad statement. Mm-hmm. But if it shuts you out, human nature is you get frustrated, yep. you don't want to do it no more, yep. you slam it down or you call your grandson or granddaughter <laughs> to help you out, fix it, whatever. <laughs> it's just human nature just to do that. Uh, my mom does the same thing. She'll have me come over and fix the TV and it was really nothing even wrong with it. But uh, it's just one of those things if you just just take the time to just figure figure out some of the easier parts of it. Yep. I think it would make it a lot more simple. Uh, I had to get these little 30-year-olds, yeah. man, when yeah. they talk about it, it's really not that difficult. <laughs> See? <laughs> no, but, but no, man, here's, here's, what, here's what, please understand this, man, when you're talking about that. Because, see, mm-hmm. I, I actually have written a curriculum, too. I do programming oh, as well. Awesome, and the curriculum awesome. is built towards guys our age and ladies our age mm-hmm. who need to really go back and learn the, how this can be a benefit to mm-hmm. us and what i'm trying to get young folks those 30 year old somethings to get man we had to put the brakes on at 40 42 <laughs> years old totally i mean slam the brakes on how we existed how we had to do things and this mm. new this new creature you, developed in our you, world that it, without it you're nothing you, you know I, I i will say this um because i remember when i was a child maybe about mm, close to about eight to ten um, my father used to always tell me, obviously this was the late nineties. He would always tell me, you know, computers is going to be your world. Yeah. Like it's not going to be like, kind of like it was mine where we were still kind of teeter tottering back and forth between modern technology and what it was, you know, during that time in the nineties, you know, this is going to be your world. And so as I watched him, you know, as a child and yeah. how he, you know, progressed and stuff like that, the problem is, is that technology changes so fast and i think that it becomes it becomes irritating to a demographic who is just yeah yeah, i'm just being honest who's trying to catch on to just (laughs) to what just happened and now something else is completely you know happening you know what's the new but i always say too as well with like with mobile applications don't don't get confused with them. They all do the same thing. And yeah. I think that's where a bridging of the gap happens. They all do the same, just about the same thing. I mean, you got Twitter. Okay, you can put maybe 140 characters, a video, and a picture. Facebook is the same thing, except for you can type a little bit longer than 140 yeah. characters. So they all do the same thing. It's just basically what your preference choice is that you want to use. You know, for instance, and, and I'm going to bail up out of this conversation. This <laughs> is interesting to me because, you know, I started an internet radio game on accident. Okay. And this social media internet radio mm-hmm. game was not something that I said, let me go start me a business doing our community <laughs> all the time. It morphed from having a nonprofit and saying, okay, this is a good tool to get my information out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an internet station. We didn't have these cameras doing Facebook mm-hmm. live. And, and like you say, I'm just getting caught up with knowing how yeah. to stream on location and doing this. And now everybody's got these cameras zooming in and doing these movies while I'm, <laughs> where am I now? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're right. And learning this and keeping up to date on this, the proper mix now that I'm finding out is 30-something old guy who know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you know and then if we can get those two together and learn off oh, yeah. each other now we there got, it is we got dynamite in the keg absolutely now. Yeah. yeah absolutely well this is really uh, fascinating i knew as soon as uh, adrian and i uh, connected over lunch that hb is going to jump in on this one you know <laughs> and have something to say and by and by the way i just want you all to know uh since you can't see me in radio land that uh when Adrian said, you know, this issue of uh, uh, 
the other demographic. I raised my hand because I'm the other demographic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really true. But you know what? This is Here's the thing. We really uh, play off each other's strengths. You know, my strength is interdisciplinarity and theology, and you put a microphone in front of my face and off we go. Um, in your case, you know, man, I'm dependent on guys like you to know, and mm-hmm. uh, we're just so happy that you do. Mm-hmm. And so we're grateful, especially in the charter and the public school systems, that you're doing this kind of work and helping folks out that direction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, from a range of, like I said, specifically helping them out with their social media networking, uh, in regards to that, we live in a video age, too, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so I do a lot of video production work for them, too, as well. We're giving them that extra advertisement a week, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you'd be amazed what one video, a day mm-hmm. in a life video would do, um, you know, for parents just to give them a, a small inside scoop about what's going on at there the you school, go. you know, maybe yep. for the month or maybe every two months or so. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? it means a world of a difference. So, you know, I do different things like that, too, as well mm-hmm. um, with the charter schools here in the city. Um, as well as the radio program that I have, too, as well. We were talking about technology and how I kind of bridge the gap with that. Um, I have a show on AM 1310. It's called Insight Sundays, obviously on Sundays at uh, 4.30 p.m. is when it airs. And um, as I air, I do a simulcast, too, as well, while mm-hmm. I stream live on Facebook. So I'm hitting two different audiences. You know, we have the older generation, you know, who still just generally listens on air. And then we have the new generation who, when they get in their car, doesn't even turn on the radio. Either they have, um, you know, satellite radio or uh, they're just pretty much just playing from their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just Bluetooth and playing yeah. from their phone. So, you know, now they have a visual representation of what's going on. So, you know, in a time and day and age where we live at, um, you know, I know you said you didn't pretty much think that you would want to do internet radio but that was the best thing that you could have did at the time it was where god was showing you where mm-hmm. the new path line is we live in a time now where people want to hear authenticity mm-hmm. they don't want to hear what somebody wrote down from the powers that be that make <laughs> you say x y and z you there know you they want to hear authenticity from you they want to know that it's real mm-hmm. um and you know most of the i won't say all the time but most of the time people's videos that play on facebook they're not even quality video professional right and people are getting famous you know mm-hmm. over this stuff i mean as long as it's entertaining Yep. Um, it'll get a million views and you can run your own page and your own channel and be famous. Now, I mean, obviously, there has to be a touch of professionalism depending upon, you know, the area that you're in. Uh, but I mean, you know, for the most part, people just want to hear authenticity from that person. Yeah, they want straight talk for sure. Yeah. The issues I, I think that uh, surround us in this regard absolutely uh, connect to me personally. My mom, who's listening from Denver, Colorado, by the way, um, she said, you know what? My computer went out the other day, and I picked up my iPad and uh, just hit the link, and uh, you guys were back on again. And I'm thinking, you know, my mom, God bless her, 83 (laughs) years old, you know, this is a great stuff. You know, (laughs) before we go to break, Adrian, you mentioned something Mm -hmm. so powerful, though, because people are becoming famous, but I'm, I'm really sold on trying to make people producers, real producers. And being able to monetize that fame uh, is where we still lack. You know, all the stardom is cute and fine and nice, but Mm -hmm. how can you get an agency, a state agency, or an insurance company, or someone who wants to advertise because of your fame when you're not set up as a business and you don't have protocol Mm -hmm. in order 
to <laughs> to to monetize yeah. on yeah. your fame and and so that's where you know I'm telling you we're yeah. gonna break me and I love this guy man. <laughs> this is great stuff you're listening to Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site Warp and Woof Radio we will be right back and we are back Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site Warp and Woof Radio we come to you every Wednesday from ten until noon introducing Indianapolis to all different kinds of folks and interesting issues. Uh, from around the area, and this week uh, we are back with Adrian Mickens. Uh, thanks so much, Adrian, for being here again. Mm-hmm. We want to come back to discuss something that you and I were talking about off air, uh, which is the issue that really confronts all of us, whether you're 30 or 60, it doesn't really matter, and that is the fast pace, uh, the fast-paced nature of technology, and what is it doing to our personal relationships? Um, you know, as we discussed off air, um, I think that personally for me obviously because you know i'm a direct you know descendant in this generation who loves to use technology um i think that it's a phenomenal thing however i think that it's become a lost art of face-to-face uh hand-to-hand handshakes you know within doing business or you know and just generally you know just living life you know for that matter um i think so much um family now Mm. um have settled for just being associated with family just on social media networks mm-hmm. instead of actually taking the time to get together. I mean, I hate right. to say it that way, but yeah, you know, I good. like to break things down and, you know, to the lowest form of what it, you know, really is and, you know, we've really lost that personal touch. Right. Uh when it comes to learning one another um in that way and we feel like whatever we see caption-wise about that person is mm-hmm. that person. And it's even gotten to the point where um at social media, I call it the own personal newspaper. Mm-hmm. So you write your own post about yourself. You write your own blog about yourself. You are your own newspaper journalist, writer, whatever it is, you yep. are writing about yourself. Mm. And so that's what people is going to perceive you as is what you write yourself as and what you photograph mm-hmm. yourself as and what you record yourself as. That's mm-hmm. what people is going to take you as. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people who maybe they're genuine, maybe they're not. Maybe it's authentic, maybe it's not. Uh, it's hard to tell, um, but that's just kind of the time that we live in that it's easy to be phony than it is to be real now mm-hmm. in this, um, you know, technology age that we have in fast pace and stuff. You really have brought up something that's really important, uh, something I, I tell my audiences all the time. Uh, the question of social media is uh, what do you want to be known for? And if you are posting on X, Y, and Z, whatever the issues might be, then you're going to be known for those kinds of things. And, uh, for instance, uh, take politics. I have very strong, strong political views, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't talk about those. Mm-hmm. I don't write about those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have those on my website. We don't do, deal with that with Cominius mm-hmm. uh, because what do I want to be known for? I want to be known for somebody who wants to unite Indianapolis, mm-hmm. who wants to unite black and white churches, uh, somebody who's interested in seeing the good that's going on all around us in a community. Mm-hmm. I think all of those things are really powerful. Mm-hmm. You hit on something um, just at the beginning of your comments about the personable nature, you know, the handshake, the sitting down face-to-face kind of thing. Uh, How do you think we get back to that? I mean, is it just an an issue of intentionality? Um, Do we just call up somebody and say, hey, let's, you know, do this thing? How does that work, you know, at 30 for you? You know, I'm going to be honest. Um, Sometimes when things go so forward, it's hard to go back. I don't think that it would ever quote unquote to go back 
to the way, particularly the way that it is, or I mean the way that it used to be, where people used to be a lot more friendly and would want to meet and sit mm -hmm. down and have coffee or or have dinner and different things like that of that nature. Not to say that people don't do it now at all, mm -hmm. um, but this new generation that's coming up um, within the 2000s, you know, who were born, you know, I was an 80s baby, but this new generation that's coming up, who's about 17, 16 right now, yep. their perception on communication is going to be completely different okay. than it was from the 80s babies or even most early 90s babies too as well. It's going to be completely different and we're going to usher in a new age hmm. on the way that they communicate. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see the way that they communicate. I mean, this generation that's coming up, uh, basically anybody who was born from 2000 to now, um, you can be amazed. Like, if you say, I'm going to take away your phone, they will. I mean, it's like they're, th I mean, it is their third hand. It's mm. not like it's like that. It is their third hand, mm. you know. So it's just going to be interesting to see how this generation is going to react in the next few years and how they interact with one another. Um, you know, there's so many ways to even socialize, meaning dating, you know, from dating apps. I mean, you know, before they used to be like, oh, I would never do something like that. So now it's normal. Right. You know, it's a normal thing to pull out a dating app right now and find somebody and go on a date. You know, yeah. before it would be spooky. Now it's not, hmm. you know. So it's whatever generation particularly thinks of what is normal and what is not normal. Hmm. And this new generation coming up in the 2000s. They believe that is normal. So I got to ask you this question. You, you know, you're talking about going out on a date, mm -hmm. you know, and doing the dating app. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm straight up honest when I ask you this question, but it's in my mind. I got to ask. So when you're on the date and you actually meet somebody, are you texting across the table to each other? I mean, how does that work? Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, you know, and me and my wife, we never did not. But I will say this, though. Um when me and my wife actually met, um, she was a hairstylist and I met her at a hair salon. I was developing a mobile app for this salon and I was meeting with the owner. Um, once I left, you know, we kind of eyed each other and different things like that. And I was very interested in her, curious enough, and I asked the owner about it and different things like that, blase, blase. Um, I found my wife on Facebook. Hmm. You know, now I could have went back to the salon, back to where we said interaction face to face. Right. I could have went back to the salon and talked and different things like that. But we live in a fast paced society mm -hmm. now. So I said, well, let me just send her a nice message through inbox. You yeah. Know? Left her a nice message in inbox. She could have responded or didn't respond. You see what I mean? So, yeah. uh, you know, and I just thought about that as we were talking about it. You know, our, mm. uh, you know, basis of our relationship was through social mm. media. You mm. see what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that I went through any dating site, but sure. that's the only way that I could reach out to her, right. you know, at that time before I, you know, got her number. Right. So, you know, those things do play a difference in that way. Hmm. Is, is there any way, you, t you were talking about, you know, young people that are born in 2000 and, uh, and coming this direction. Can you forecast for us anything that you see uh, just over the horizon? What, what are the new things that they're going to be in, interacting with? Uh, you mentioned dating apps, for instance, but what are, what do you think the future holds in this regard for how the communication is going to go? Well, I will say this: um, mm -hmm. over the course of time, since computer, since the computer age, um, we all are children of each generation of what they created. Mm -hmm. We have to create something better than what the past generation did. So if we want to start kind of where the Steve Jobs, Bill Gates era was in the 1970s, late 60s, 1970s, 
you know, they were the children of the pe- of the people who created the IBM machines and different things right. like that. You see what I mean? And at that time, well, it wasn't seen as a bad word, but, you know, they had hacker groups, you mm. know, at the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. they would basically create code. That's what it was. You know, they were creating code and fascinating ways to see things on monitors and different things like that. Um, but it took for them, specifically Steve Jobs, you know, he had the artistic vision uh, behind it on what we use today, literally. Um, but it took for them to create something that um, we could use today as a everyday life tool. Hmm. Now we live in a time where they created the machinery and the software because it was two different ones. You know, Apple is very you know strong on software. I mean, hardware and uh, Microsoft is very strong on software. You know, a lot of people don't know, but they actually worked together for many years and even now, too, as well. And actually, Bill Gates actually saved Apple Hmm. at one time, too, as well, uh, Hmm. when they tanked, when they let Steve Jobs go. But that's another story another day. Um, But in this time, we are now living in a software creativity generation Hmm. where anybody can create anything. And the major corporations and companies are looking for the next big creator of software. Mm. That's all that's being done right now is just the creation of software. With mobile applications that I do, it's nothing but creating software. Software that people can download and have on their phone. You know, and all I'm doing is changing content of information. Uh, but it's nothing but software um, that's being used. You know, mm. Now the trick is, or the key is, you have to find a market that's relevant you know, to what you're doing, you know, everybody has a, when I meet different clients that sit me down and, you know, tell me their ideas for their app, you know, I have to let them know, hey, it's already invented or, hey, you actually have a new idea, you Mm. know, because sometimes, you know, they may come up with something that's already invented. So, mm. yeah, this is fascinating stuff. Uh, You know, when you and I were uh, relating to each other on Facebook the other day and I was sending you messages and when I put out our promotion uh, last evening and then this morning and uh, you wrote back that um, you know I wasn't getting quite getting your company right and I was spacing on a word it was really fascinating to me how when you're looking at a screen you can just space content Mm -hmm. uh, you know just kind of breeze right over with your eyes and you're not seeing the whole thing Mm -hmm. so in Mm -hmm. your case for instance uh, we were talking about soul hits and it used to be entertainment now it's communication Mm -hmm. so let's bring that forward and say tell us a little bit about soul hits communication what you do uh, what the emphasis is uh, in your company for indianapolis well the communic- so his communications as a whole, um, it's much like I stated before, um, our goal and our mission is to uh, broadcast and serve the community um, through media. Um, and there's lots of different forms of that. You know, um, the start of the company of entertainment, you know, I produce a lot of music, uh, which is I still do now. Uh, but now it's changed. You know, a lot of them now have turned into scores because I do a lot of documentary films and stuff like that, too, as well. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much just the core nature. Um, it's um, social media, networking, uh, video production, and um, just broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Talk about broadcasting for a minute. Uh, you had mentioned your show on Sunday afternoon, evening at 430 at 1310 The Light. Uh, tell us what are some of the kinds of things that you discussed there maybe some of the guests that you've had in well the reason why i created insight sundays um 
was obviously definitely to get information out to the community but uh the core vocal point was because there were a lot of great good talented excellent gospel artists in the city that was not getting any kind of airplay recognition anything at all you know is they were completely overshadowed uh by what we call quote unquote secular rap or secular r and b or whatever it is you know anybody wants to title it uh but they didn't get any love at all mm. you know just any love at all so I wanted to make it in a point uh to get them out there mm. you know at least let people know even if your song doesn't get you know radio airplay at least people will know who you are you know you got a good package put together and different things like that maybe you get an opportunity to perform at somebody's church or something like that you know a lot of churches bring in uh national artists so maybe get an opportunity to open up for them you know mm. so i wanted to really create that um also too as well uh really wanted to create a platform for businesses in the city uh, again, who would get overshadowed uh, by bigger advertisers or marketers on air who mm. generally would never, their name would never get known or said or anything of that nature. So um, I just really wanted to help out the community a lot and get other people's names mm. um, out there. And, you know, I put myself on the line, meaning specifically um, running the program um, independently uh, to make sure that. You know, people would be able to do that and not be controlled mm. uh, as they would be on there. Mm. This is a f- really fascinating discussion because what we're talking about here, what you just described to us is pretty much the tagline for the show, that you're doing good and you're really focused on that for other folks. But mm. uh, something else I'm hearing there, and maybe you could respond to this, is I, I get the sense from you as I hear you talk that this is very much of a grassroots kind of movement. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this you're an individual. You've created your own company. I've heard the word independent a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about the ethos of this and why is it that you've approached uh, life and your company this way? Well, um, in my family, uh, specifically, um, you know, with my mother um, and my father for that matter, but definitely my mom, um, we believe in entrepreneurship a lot. Uh, my mom has a running salon even till today, 17 years. It's called Buns and Bows Hair Salon on 62nd and Allisonville Road. There's some to love the to clocks. mom right yep, there. There we go. <laughs> um, but in turn with that, I've just always been that way. I've always been that person who would want to create something from scratch mm. and build it from the ground up. You have a different appreciation for it, whether it's just being handed to you. Mm. Um, and I understand that not everybody understands that they want to get the easy ticket up and figure out that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be or you're trapping something that you don't like. Mm. And that's a big problem, too, as well. I never want to be trapped into something um, that I don't like. I always want to do something that I love. If I want to get up every day and go somewhere, I want to get up every day and go somewhere of a place that I love. Um, but the key thing. Um, that I always tell everybody who's ever asked me um, years ago, uh, not that far back, but about maybe about 2011 is when I went on ahead and just when I call it pull the plug is from kind of working the nine to five job. And I had a conversation with God one night or day, whichever one it was. And um, I let him know, I said, if you will allow me to serve the people and what I love to do. I will give you my absolute 
200,010% of my all mm-hmm. if you allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. So if I don't serve the people, if I don't help the people, I don't have a career. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. oxymoron behind that. Mm-hmm. That, you know, to have you say that uh, is really the focal point of what a Christian ought to be about. You're, you're a creator, somebody who's an entrepreneur, somebody that uh, does things that's independent. But it's not as if you're just to yourself. You're doing this for others. That's your real calling. I mean, and again, it, it sounds, for me, it sounds easy. But when I actually got out and, you know, God allowed me to do what I asked him for, and to see how much people did not know about stuff that mm-hmm. comes so natural to me, mm-hmm. it made me appreciate what I do mm-hmm. and understand that, you know, this is my calling, which is media, uh, communications and entertainment, you know, in that fashion. You know, this is my calling, things that come natural to me. You know, I can record a video, cut it, edit it, and have it done in a day. It could take somebody else the same thing, same video, a month mm-hmm. to do, you yeah. know. Um. I think as I do, I create as I do, I paint portraits as I do, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have that gift, but right. I don't have gifts that everybody else there you has go. to as well. There you it know, is. Like yeah. my fiance, I mean, Lord, my wife now, um, she's a hairstylist and I couldn't even imagine doing somebody's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is one of the most hardest jobs, especially if you cut somebody's hair mm-hmm. off, you can't put it back on <laughs> or if okay. you dye their hair, you see what I mean? Like. But mm-hmm. I don't have that passion, you mm-hmm. know, and she has that passion. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has different passions, you know, yeah. of that. But, you know, for me as a creator, um, mm-hmm. when I think of something, I put it out in the atmosphere, uh, whether it's um, applications or networking or or video production or music. I just think I think about it. I draw it in my brain and I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say that as we're having this conversation, which, you know, I I mentioned to you, I sent you all these questions. Maybe we'd get to, maybe we wouldn't, but we're not obviously dealing with all those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that strikes me about this conversation is the issue of attribution. So when you uh, when you're producing these things Mm -hmm. um, and and you put it out there and then people just use it, view it, um, maybe morph it into something else. How do you deal with that um, now in a culture that just shows what everybody else is doing without giving any attribution uh, or copyright issues or any of that kind of stuff? How, how do you navigate all of that? Um, well, m- it depends on which companies it is. Um, most companies, like you know, some of the larger ones that I deal with, you know, there's a lot of legal stuff that goes in with it. You know, a lot of video work and stuff that I do for them. Um, and then we have our small business clients, too, as well, you know, where, you know, it's not as extraneous, you know, as it is working with the larger corporations and companies and stuff. Um, you know, I always sit them down. I try to see first what their initial vision is. And then I just pretty much take it from there. Um, once they review the content, you know, then we go over it and different things like that. But I always let them know. Whatever information that you're giving me, um, again, there is some legalities behind that, you know, with third party information and different things like that. Um, We definitely fine tooth comb a lot of different stuff before anything is ever publicated, uh, specifically with small businesses. We're dealing with third party affiliated stuff. You know, it's really easy to get a client 
who wants to build an application and steals like 10 different pictures off of Google and want to put them on there as placeholders, you know, and you can't quite do that, you know, because it's somebody else's information. So, you know, I have to have to tell them, you know, you have to do this, that, or the other. Um, a lot of people think that websites and mobile applications are the same. They are. It's just a great resource tool for information. However, a mobile application is literally uh, putting a product in a virtual store. And you have a couple different stores, but obviously the two major stores that everybody knows about is Google Play and the App Store for the iPhone or the iPad. Um, and there are rules and regulations to these stores that you that I have to abide by as a developer, um, and they're very strict about. Especially Apple, uh, they want nothing but top quality service. Back to what I was telling you about with Steve Jobs, um, you know they really, really, really. I think he died in 2011 to really hold on to his core mission, and that is uh, professionalism through art, artistic artisticness you know and so your applications have to be very artistic to be a part of the Apple family the issue of artistry and creativity coming together uh, within the realm of technology uh, one of the things that we know that it's generally true across the board in God's creation is that truth goodness and beauty work together those th three things working together uh, and what you're suggesting here is that there's a sense in which technology is beautiful, that it's doing good work and can produce truth or can at least be a venue for speaking truth. But the thing that stuck out to me in your comments there have to do with beauty, mm -hmm. that, uh, that you view what you're doing or some of what you're doing at least as beautiful. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of expand on that for us? Well, uh, I'll put it to you like this. If you went to the store to buy a outfit, you would want the best looking outfit that you could mm -hmm. purchase. And it's the same thing with now with cell phones and mobile applications. If somebody downloads your application and they open it up, it's hard to navigate. Um, it's either too big or it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It may make sense to you as a developer, but it doesn't make sense to the audience and it takes time like uh when i very first started creating mobile apps which was back in like 2013 was when i really started doing them for like charter schools and stuff like that it took maybe about two years to about maybe 2015 until we had a solid a solid thing that we knew that everybody wanted to use in this application you know we had an initial thought when i sat down at the table you know with the administration we that was our thought you know and i could create that but that's not how people wanted mm. to use it mm. you know um there's different dimensions to it you know we had to have a dimension for staff we had to have a dimension for mm. students mm. we had to have a dimension for parents and we had to have a dimension for i think i said students already mm -hmm. or staff i should say staff we had to have a dimension for everybody in the application login passwords hidden this hidden that hidden page this you know and it took time you know to develop you know in that way it did. Mm -hmm. The beauty of what you're doing is it really is something that stands out. I'd, I'd never thought in uh, thinking about this conversation today that we would ever be talking about aesthetics or something that's beautiful, but that's, that's really huge. I, I want to move to some projects that you might be doing in the community, and I want to give some love out to, there, to those folks. Um, who are you interviewing? What subjects are being discussed, uh, perhaps? 
and then maybe say something about the U-turn conference that's coming up. Oh, okay. Um, say, say that last part. One yeah, the, the conference that you're being that you're promoting on uh, on social media, uh, the issues that. Uh, oh, I see what you mean. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I I am not directly promoting that. Uh, that was just a shared tag information okay. on that. Uh, but I do know that it is going to be a. I think I believe it's a gospel event. Okay. Um, so I would suggest people to go to that. Yeah. Um, you'll definitely see a lot of great performances. I know a couple acts on that, but I am not a direct promoter of that. Okay. So, sorry about that. That's why I was confused when you had mentioned that. But I am not the direct promoter of that event. Yeah, not a problem at all. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the issue of communication, and we yeah, obviously this has been the whole second hour of our show. Uh, what is it about? communication that makes you so passionate is it that you want to form relationships with people that you want uh, to create something good for somebody else to use uh, how would you say your own mission is what would you say your mission is you know um short term long term i'm always a long-term visionary person mm -hmm. um long term i see myself having a large corporation within communications Nice. Um, with all departments from video to social networking to uh, web development, coding avenues and different things and such of that nature. Everything that has to do with communications okay. pretty much. Um, but what I see and what I like to do in a short term basis, me personally, um, I'm a creator, like I said before. And I take pride in my work where we're talking about designing and creativity and, and beauty and such of that nature. Um, I love to, like I said before, meet with people to get an understanding of what they see so they can get an understanding of my vision and we combine them together. Because uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm very sensitive about not necessarily my work, but the effort and time that I put in to my work sure and that's the difference of that um now in business you know you learn definitely over time you know it doesn't matter if a client is not happy with a product they're just not happy with a product and i'm completely understanding of that um but sometimes you deal with people who are just flat out nasty and rude mm. you know and when you don't respect the time not the job but the time that i put into mm -hmm. it that's you know when i have you know any issue yeah yeah the issue of uh, appreciating people and mm -hmm. gratitude mm -hmm. uh, for what they've done uh this is a big deal mm -hmm. you know we we don't really think much about saying thank you but the mm -hmm. the issue of manners actually you know raises its uh, raises the specter here for us uh, that we ought to be people of gratitude mm -hmm. yeah and, you know, even from small businesses where I work with people like that, you know, who could be unappreciative of time. Again, not necessarily the work because everybody doesn't like everything. Uh, but time. Um, I even deal with larger corporations, um, you know, and then they don't respect the time. Um, but they just don't respect you and your work, mm. you know. And I have no problems with walking away. Again, I would rather walk in somewhere every day that I enjoy. And to do business with somebody who I enjoy doing business with and who respects my work, yeah. who understands my work, who understands me and what I do, than to just be stuck somewhere or just keep making wrong deals with people mm. just for the money. Everything isn't always about the money. It's not. 
Yeah. If not. Let's let me ask one more question. We've got just a few minutes left here uh, about the church specifically in the Christian community. How do you think uh, your application, the, the the vocation that you're invested in, the passion you have for communication, how do you think that that's beneficial uh, for the church? Uh, how do you think that helps the church into the future? Well, um, I do create mobile applications for churches too, as well. I have um, I have a few of them uh, on the market right now. Uh, the benefit of having networking or um, mobile applications for churches is communications with the community, but even more so, staying more communicated with your members. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of the times. Uh, there's so many churches, depending upon which size of church you go to, there's so many different events that goes on uh, in a month or sometimes in a week if it's a larger church. And, you know, it keeps you informed mm. about what's going on, um, how it's going on. Yes. Uh, gives people an opportunity to look forward to stuff, mm. you know. Um, and then one of the most best things of all is that you get an opportunity to put um, private messages on there meaning specifically some pastors do like morning uh morning calls mm -hmm. on the application okay they send out to give a nice little scripture word and different things like that mm -hmm. and that kind of bridges the gap with the older audience and the yeah. younger audience too as well uh to be able to do that some of them just stream live on facebook um and run it through their mobile application like that too as well so mm -hmm. um there's a variety of ways that you can do stuff uh, but the biggest thing of all, again, is that you can stay communicated, uh, stay communicated with your church members and the community um, with your church um, and what's going on. Um, I call mobile applications. Everybody thinks I'm crazy right now, but in the <laughs> next two to three years, like I always know, it won't be that way. Uh, but mobile applications are the new business cards. Um, you know, most of the time when somebody hands somebody a business card, usually they tuck it away in their pocket, but sometimes it grows legs and it goes in outer space. <laughs> um, now with mobile applications, you know, people can stay connected and you can remind them when you have things going on about you and your company and your brand and different things like that through the push notification alert system hmm. that is a provided service that I provide within my company. Uh, that you can stay connected. Much like this show today, we could have sent out an alert to all of the Radio Next listeners saying, hey, we're getting ready to get on air here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, we've just got uh, a minute left. So what, what would be uh, a one thing or two things that you'd like to leave our audience with here today? Um, I would say, number one, please, please, please <laughs> do not be afraid of technology. There you it go. It is your friend. <laughs> it really is. Even though it doesn't, uh, you know, it's a changing time in the way that we communicate with one another. We all know that. Uh, we can see that, um, you know, I wish that it could go back to the way that it was. But like I said, we don't know with mm. this new generation coming mm. up and how they're going to respond when I'm 60 and they're 30. You know? Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, we just had a daughter in January. It's going to be very interesting to see how her generation Right. Um, and our son, who's six, um, is going to, you know, react to uh, this new day and age. Mm. So, no. um, yep. So don't be afraid of technology and um, uh, just be blessed. One more time. Uh, your company's name is 
once again my company name is soul hits with a z once again that's hits with a z communications llc uh, we provide all media services video production we also provide music recordings uh, we also provide live broadcasting to as well of any of your events recorded or if you just wanted to be live as i just stated before um, also you can catch me on am 1310 the light every sunday at 4 30 and the show again is called insight sundays find me on facebook at insight sundays instagram at insight sundays snapchat at insight sundays and twitter at insight sundays doesn't matter whichever one you prefer as your method of communications. There you go. It's been a joy to have you here today, uh, Adrian. Thanks so much for spending some time with us and for bringing your lovely bride along with you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, next week, we are going to have the group uh, Coffee in. That's with one E at the end. We're going to be talking with them about the good work that they do in the community, uh, raising funds as well as raising awareness uh, for nonprofits and other uh, sectors of the Indianapolis community. You've been listening to Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And until next week, have a blessed week.